Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. This is Naja E. Brown, your host. And I want to thank you for your support and participation and to just remind you that Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry. And our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you would hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at www.yieldtothekingministry.org. Today we're going to talk about A Few Good Men. And no, it's not the movie from 1992, which was considered an American legal drama film directed by Rob Reiner that starred Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, Demi Moore, and Kevin Bacon. But rather we're going to talk about some godly men, two good men that were considered very godly uh, according to God's standards. So the other day I was working on the computer and I paused for a moment and I thought, whatever happened to the good old days? I was truly, it was truly a reflective moment for me and I was shocked because I didn't think that I would ever make that statement. You know, I heard my parents say it and, you know, I was young then and now that I've gotten older I probably have said it, but this time it was sort of shocking. And I had to ask myself, why did I say that? What was I missing thinking about or wanting that seems to be gone. And I asked myself, what are the good old days? How would I define them? All I could come up with at the moment was a simple life, a life that presented a lot more simpler than going on today. So don't get me wrong. I'm all for progress, and I thank God for the progress we've made as a human race. But what is happening to people in the midst of progress? Are they measuring the quality of life based on progress? Or can they, you and I, be satisfied with the more simpler things life has to offer? In the promotional material, I mentioned that life used to be simple and less chaotic. Progress has brought forth a different set of rules and expectations. More is better, and better is more. And now the new norm is arrogance and disunity. And the question that I pose is, when will enough be enough? So years ago, there was a typing test that was used in the schools, and the test was developed by Charles E. Weller back in 1867. Excuse me, 1867. And the typing phrase was, Now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country. And it was used to measure your typing speed and ability. And you see, typing is even somewhat of a thing of the past. Now we talk about keyboarding and keystrokes when we're on the computer. But anyway, I typed this phrase because I remembered the phrase. And then I stopped and I asked myself, what does the phrase or what could the phrase really mean today? So I want to ask this question of my listening audience. How many of us know a few good men? 
hopefully everyone can say yes to that question. My first introduction to a good man would have, was, of course, my father. And if he were still living, he'd still be on the top of my list. Today, as I have gotten older and my circle and perspective has broadened, I still say that there are a few good men that I know personally. And the Word of God has defined what good is for me. So today we're going to talk about two good men, Timothy and Epaphroditus, who did come to the aid of their fellow servant, Paul, and their country. These two men, Timothy and Epaphroditus, are two examples of humility and unity. We're going to take a look at the passage in Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 19 through 30. And I'm reading from the New International Version. So in verse 19 it says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I may be cheered when I receive news about you. Verse 20 says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. goes on to say in verse 21 that for everyone looks out for their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. 22 says, but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. 23 says, I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. Verse 25 says, but I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. 26 says, For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. 27 says, Indeed he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Verse 28 says, Therefore I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. 29 says, So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him. Verse 30 says, Because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Here Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, the Philippian church, and he is acknowledging two young men who had come alongside him in his time of need, two young men who faithfully served with him and was willing to give their lives up for the cause of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul is talking about, speaking about the character of these two men. Let's talk a little bit about Timothy. Timothy's name in Greek means one who honors God. He was a native of Lystra, which Paul and Barnabas had visited in conjunction with their first missionary journey, which was about 41 to 47 A.D. And Lystra is close by Derby and Iconium, the other cities on their preaching itinerary. Miracles took place, and they preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. And apparently, Timothy was one of them, and he was a young man at that time. Paul considered himself Timothy's spiritual father and calls him my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord, my true son in the faith. 
So by the time Paul and Silas returned to the area of the second missionary journey, the brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of uh, Timothy. He had developed a good reputation in the Christian community, and Paul asked him to join them on the missionary journey as an assistant. So if we go back and look at the passages that we just read in Philippians chapter 4, verses 19 uh, through 30, it says, here Paul is again saying, I want to send Timothy to you soon, so I don't want there to be any delay. And then he goes on to say, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. And then he contrasts that with, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say that, you know, Timothy has proven himself. And because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. And he's saying, I hope, therefore, to send him soon, as soon as I find out what is going on with me. Paul is saying that Timothy is a man of good character. He's saying Timothy was a leader, had a selfless love for others, was about the work of the gospel, and had proven himself, which means he stood the test. Let's take a look at Epaphroditus. Now, Epaphroditus is is a believer that it was sent to Paul when he was in prison by the Philippian church. He was sent to assist Paul. His name means charming. And if you look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 25, Paul is saying, I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus. And he goes on to say, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. He goes on to say that his compassion for the people that he left behind, he says that he is distressed, he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. And he goes on to say, yes, in fact, he was ill and he almost died, but God had mercy on him. And he goes on to say that he is, I am all the more eager to send him to you and that when you see him again, it will make me glad. You'll be glad and I'll be less anxious. And he's saying, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him. So Paul is, has referred to Epaphroditus as a brother. He's a part of the Christian family and Christian church. He's a brother. He is not only a brother, but he is a fellow worker. He went to work and served with Paul when Paul was in prison. He was a humble layperson who was there to help, and he contributed greatly to the mission. He was also referred to as a fellow soldier. So Epaphroditus understood that as a soldier in Christ's army, you know, he, he, it, it, you know, he couldn't be a slacker. He couldn't be a complainer. Uh, he, a soldier, he expected to endure difficulty and hardship. And in order to achieve the, the, the mission that was at hand, he was willing to do that at his own expense, his own personal cost. So Epaphroditus was a fellow soldier. He was also a messenger. And it says that the, the Greek word uh, uh, messenger is apostolos. And it doesn't mean that Epaphroditus was an official apostle, but rather he was a messenger of uh, the church. He was a messenger of Jesus Christ, and he was sent as a messenger of the Philippian church when he was on the mission to help Paul. And then he was also 
considered a minister, and uh, he was uh, not necessarily clergy as we would call it today, but he he was one who came alongside Paul to help. So the word can also mean one who engaged in personal service. He was his aide and he was his assistant. So Paul had great things to say about these two young men, uh, Timothy, and he had great things to say about Epaphroditus also. Timothy, one who honors God, and Epaphroditus, his name meant charming. So if we go back and talk about a few good men, how many, of, how many few good men do we have in our lives personally and when we talk about a few good men, we're talking about God's standard. We're talking about the character of the person. So I would say, in conclusion, that now is the time for all good men, and I'm going to throw women in there also to come to the aid of their country. Our country is in dire need of hearing the word of God. And not only just the United States of America, but the entire world. People need hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. But we must have good character. We must be of good character. We must be brothers and sisters in Christ. We must exhibit that love for one another. Fellow workers in the vineyard, fellow soldiers in Christ's army, messengers of Jesus Christ, and above all, the ministers of the gospel, uh, people who are willing to take it and share it with others who need to hear the word of God, so that they can obtain salvation. So with that being said, I would just say, you know, you think about a few good men in your life, you think about now is the time for all good men, for the aid of their country. We talk about good men, good women being of good character. It's not the standard that we know today that brings about uh, more is better and better is more, and the new norm is arrogance and disunity. No, we want to be of humility and we want to be of unity. And so with that, I say let us all thank God for the few good men and women he has placed in our lives and give thanks, give thanks that the few good men and women that we know are willing to be workers for Christ soldiers for Christ, ministers of the gospel, messengers for Christ, and brothers. So with that, I thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to, in the next couple of weeks, us having an opportunity to chat once again. God bless you.